Welcome to Food for Thought at Loaves and Fishes. My name is David Hott, the CEO of Loaves and Fishes, and I'm honored to spend time with you talking about things that matter in our community, specifically helping to feed the need. Hello, everybody. My name is David Hott. Thank you very much for coming back and listening to one of our podcasts. Of course, this is the podcast for Loaves and Fishes, Food for Thought of Loaves and Fishes. And I'm here with Eve Burge. She's the executive director, and she's a wonderful human from White Pony Express. And, you know, we're going to talk about the space that both of us are in, and we're going to bring some conversation to this space that at times becomes a little uncomfortable, and that's funding. How do we fund our activity? That said, I'll be quiet. It's hard for me, as everyone knows. This is your hippie with short hair from San Jose, California, who's here with Eve and wants to introduce Eve. And please, Eve, can you make introduction? Who are you? What do you do? And what do you want to talk about? Thanks, David. Um, well, so as you said, my name is Eve. And I am the executive director of the White Pony Express Food Rescue Organization that serves Contra Costa County. Fun story, I guess. We got the name um, White Pony Express because it's a mashup of two concepts. One is more obvious, and that's the Pony Express, which revolutionized efficient, fast delivery service. And the other is the white horse, which in many faith streams represents a symbol for unity. And our guiding principle is unity. And we believe that um, we are one human family and that we have a responsibility to uplift and serve one another as we would our dear close ones. So oh. I'm so happy to be with you. I am a huge fan of David's, you all should know. Oh. And we sit on a number of task forces together and uh, really looking forward to this conversation. That is so awesome. And, and I, you can't see it, but I'm like wet in the eyes. They call that stuff crying because like, what a beautiful spirit um, to bring to the space. Like, I love that, that the mission-driven activity that you do has that heart center. And you can see that in everything that you do on social media, you know, you're, they're fortunate and, and I am a fan of yours. So I, I appreciate that you've been able to take the time to tell us about this activity that we're both involved in. So I'll shut up and stop fumbling over myself. You know, what brought you to this space and, and why do you, why did it tug at your heartstrings? Can you tell us some stories about like the origin story of how you became involved and why? Sure. I could, I can tell you both my origin story about how I got involved in food recovery and White Pony Express. And then I can also just say a beat about our origin story. Um, we're celebrating our 10th year and I think it's Yay. a, it's a special story. So, so first I'll just say that I got involved because I was a volunteer um, we are not only a food recovery organization, but we also recover clothing and um, essential supplies. So, it, you know, it's a fact that we are a wasteful society. And um, although we're wasting nearly 40% of the food we produce, we are also wasting a lot of clothing in fast fashion and our kind of excessive buying habits and other products. And so, as an 
environmentally conscious organization and an organization that believes in connecting abundance to need. Um, we've also got a uh, clothing and care program, and that's the program that I volunteered with. And I fell in love with the organization. And I thought it's sort of in my deepest core. I thought if there was something that I could do with my life, it would be to plug in more deeply here. Um, and so I started to keep my eye on opportunities. And then, you know, a couple of years later, a search firm contacted me and there was this opportunity to join WPE as their executive director. And I was all yes. <laughs> and I, and I think, I mean, just to sort of talk about that word, yes, that's the, I think that that's really the concept that the organization was founded on. Um, our founder, Dr. Carol Whalen Connor said, uh, just like the kids say, just do it. If you see a need, you fill it. If there's somebody who needs your help, you give it, you know, give all the love you can at all the times you can for all the reasons you can in all the ways you can. And, um, and, and so she created this model that is totally volunteer powered, and, and it gives people a vehicle for service. Um, and it addresses the fact that there are a lot of people that have more than they need. Um, and we let them know that this is a way to easily give um, in order to uh, provide for those that have not as much as they need. And, um, and really, that's what food recovery is about. That's also just what being a good human being is about. <laughs> sort yeah. of you know, the, the balancing and, um, and if you have surplus, then why hold on to it? Um, when there are so many people who for want, who have want and who have. Yeah, that is so beautiful. And I think, you know, when, when I consider the spirit of what you're sharing, you know, now the audience knows why I'm a fan, like, this is how Eve shows up in every conversation and it's wonderful and it's, it's refreshing. And we work in a space that we sit on committees and we have discussions and sometimes those discussions become so um, mechanical. And because in many cases we're talking about ideas about how we continue to fund our activities as we move forward in trying to come from the spirit that we are bringing to the table. And it, for me, sometimes gets a little frustrating, a little discouraging. And so I guess the follow-up for you is how do you stay empowered? Like, how do you keep that energy going? Because it takes so much to be an executive director. Everybody's looking to you for the vision. So how do you find yourself staying energized and focused on your mission to help to provide those that are in need the necessary things that they need that you can provide? Well, and I think that this will ring true to you because I know you enough to know this will ring true. But, um, you know, if you tap into the, the reasons why we got involved in this work, um, how we, how we do the work that we do. And then also when you look around and you see all of the hearts and hands that are so willing and so want to help that spirit of service, compassion, um, and, and the knowing that we're not going to really make change through, uh, bureaucratic institutions, um, or sort of old structures 
you know, that that really if we want to see change, it's going to happen when neighbors help each other, when you see a need and you figure out, you know, my daughter now when we're walking, she won't let me pass someone who is uh, on the street or clearly has a need without tugging on my arm. She's 10 and saying, you know, I think it's food that this person needs or I think it's money that this person needs. And if we have that, then she'll make sure that we give it. Uh, and so I think that the way I stay grounded is just by um, staying in contact with my community and um, appreciating the spirit of service that so many bring to um, to this work. And, um, and then also to recognizing that the people who we serve are just essentially me. <laughs> and I've been... Yeah. I've been in those positions myself at times in my life. Um, and if I haven't been in the specific position, well, there was the potential for it to happen. And, um, you know, because of this or that, it 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 didn't. But that's not because I'm any different. That is so, again, I agree with you. I do get the spirit of what you just said. So it's so wonderful to hear a story that you shared about that experience with your daughter. And I commend you and anyone that has the ability to be able to instill that in children. It's so, so important. Can you share, you know, share something about one, that experience and like, how'd you do it? And two, like, tell me about like, what does that bring up for you? Cause there's stuff that needs to happen that we have to look at differently. And, you mentioned earlier, it takes all of us, right? It takes a village. I, I don't mean to sound cliche, but what's the secret sauce? Well, David, I think as the father of three, you know that a part of the secret sauce is um, the is our kids, are the young people. Um, and, you know, we have, we're volunteer powered. We have two shifts of volunteers, seven days a week. And so many of them are young. They're high school kids, they're college kids. If they could go younger and if we could, you know, protect little ones in the distribution center, they would be younger. I had a girl who was five come in and she was asking me, what could she do? Um, but, but I will say that something wonderful that's happening is that the young people that are coming in now, this generation, are they're naturally um, inclined towards service. It just, it's almost like not even a question, you know? And so it's a different orientation and it makes it much easier for, uh, you know, for people like us that are running nonprofit organizations when young people lean in so naturally. Yeah. And they can, we could so learn from them, can't we? Right? Like this beautiful spirit from a child's perspective, that's just true and pure and real. Like we as adults could learn from them, couldn't we? So much. Yes. So, so how do you bring that into bringing that spirit into your team? Do you think like, what are some, what are some ideas that you've used internally or within your organization to help to foster that spirit or to encourage that spirit? Well, I think that, so the spirit was seated in the organization when we were founded and um, and it's carried us through, but one of my biggest responsibilities is to try to remain true to our values and to continue to be a values-driven organization. 
Um, and when people get connected to WPE to do everything we can to make them feel at home and like part of the family, the team is just unspeakably wonderful. And, you know, we've got uh, driver coordinators that are bringing meals in for everyone. And on, you know, many days a week, we always have music playing for our volunteers. We always, so we're an organization that really focuses on the nutrient rich, fresh food, healthy food, but we do tend to get a lot of like cakes and cookies from Whole Foods and Sprouts. And so some of that we make available to our volunteers and then they bring it and they share it with their neighbors and their communities and people in need that they're aware of. And so, well, there is the fact that we are one family and we try and cultivate that as much as we can within the organization. Um, and we have, you know, more work to do. I mean, it's all, it's also as a, as the executive director, it's very much, it's as much about looking at myself and my own biases and all of my own baggage and, um, you know, inclinations and trying to deal with those things. I feel like that's the way I can serve the organization is by working on myself. And I see it in members of my team. I see that same work happening individually. Right on. And I get the same, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I have the same experience. You know, the team that I'm fortunate enough to help to keep on path, they keep me on path, honestly. And we keep each other on path because it's a group effort, right? The spirit, the heart, right? Everybody knows I'm passionate. And sometimes I have to help them to not give too much because they don't want to leave. They want to be part of what's going on. They want to be helpful because they work for our guests. Our guests are the most important aspect of their job. And it's so cool to have set an example and instill that spirit. I, I, I go back to spirit always. It, it's like, you can't fake that. Like the team senses it and then they live it. And it's so cool that you get to be, I get to be, uh, I grow from that. And the self-care as well and the self-work, like that self-audit, that self-inventory, that am I providing evidence of the faith that I have in this mission, this agency, and these people? Am I providing the evidence that says in my actions that, in fact, this is what I believe? And that's what I work at every day. So thank you for saying that and a wonderful reminder. So we, we work in a space, and I, and I want to segue to something that has been a tough part of conversations that we've had. We've worked it. You know, we come from this huge heart center. We want to be able to help people. From a practical perspective, we have to figure out ways to pay for the activity. What do you think keeps you, what keeps you up related to how we go after different funding sources or activities that you're involved in that can help continue the effort for all of us? We are the fundraisers for the organization. So I am the fundraiser. I don't, you know, it's just me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that keeps me up at night. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, specifically, it's the fact that there isn't more state and local funding. It's how hard we have to work on grant applications and reports and then the next grant application and the next. So lack of multi-year funding, lack of public support. Um 
lack of awareness, I think, about our services. And um, and and so it makes the climb very steep, you know, when it comes to uh, educating people about food recovery and the benefits of models like ours. It shouldn't be so hard. Yeah, I I don't disagree at all whatsoever. You know, here we are trying to do this wonderful service. You know, thirty percent of of food goes to waste, and our and one in four people suffer from food insecurity. You know, there are statistics, there are data driven activities that go on. At the end of the day, we're trying to feed people with something that would otherwise turn into greenhouse gas, which hurts Mother Earth. Which, as I said earlier, I'm a hippie with short hair. I want to save the planet. It's my responsibility for my kids. And so when we think about the activities and you bring up some good points about this one and done type funding that's out there in the world, you know, you have this innovative idea, let's give you this much money. And then what do you do after that year ends? Couldn't it be multiple year uh, uh, grant funding, right? And so that's tough. And, and, and we both struggle. I, well, I shouldn't speak for you. I struggle with where's that next dollar going to come from in order to do the great work that we do. And, you know, some activities that we're both involved in, you know, we're trying to get a group of people together to talk about it and leaders. And the point for me for this discussion in this podcast is to get people together to talk differently about what's going on. So, could you share some of the movement that you're seeing happen within the space, uh, the willingness and maybe the ideas that are coming out of that discussion? I think it is an exciting time. And um, I think there's a lot of interest in models like ours. I think that there is an awareness that's growing about um, food waste and food recovery and uh you know, and and just the problem of hunger, marginalization, um, and you know that that this offers a solution. So, with that awareness, um, there needs to come collaboration, information sharing, and um, and support. And so, one of the things that you and I are working on is creating a statewide coalition, you know, where we can uh, mobilize our hearts, our hands, the work that we're doing, we can share resources, um, and, and also we can educate public officials and others about food recovery, about um, this unique model. And I think we're doing that in the spirit of sharing and uh, galvanizing momentum and collaboration. And as long as we do it in that spirit, I think we are going to succeed. And we're right at the beginning. And so um, what we want to see is food recovery. We want to see food recovery happening in every community. And um, it can, but it isn't currently. But in order for that to happen, and there's now legislation in the state that is requiring people to do better. But if they're going to be able to do better, they need groups like ours um, to yes. facilitate and uh, so I think that this is just the beginning of a movement, um, a movement that's been around for a while, but, uh, but the galvanizing and the bringing together of a lot of groups that have been sort of struggling on their own and, um, you know, and, and letting one another know that we've got, we've got each other's backs. 
Yeah, and that's what I find cool is that here we are, all of us working towards how to look for creative solutions and we're sharing real real world info, right? We're talking about tangible information. And I and and the spirit of the conversation that we're having is to get legislators to give us a seat at the table, right? To give us a seat at the table to communicate the message that we're trying to communicate that food recovery is so very important. These are the necessary things we need to continue the activity of food recovery. And please come join the conversation. So if you're listening to this podcast, my hope is it pokes something in you to get involved. And if you're involved and you are curious, reach out to Eve, reach out to myself. You know, it does take a village. And I know that's cliche to say again. However, I'm not into this to do this alone. Like, it's too heavy a lift to do it alone. And I don't have as much ego and pride to think that I can do it on my own. So why can't we just get people together and like come to the table and talk about solutions? And what's cool is Eve, we're doing that. And this momentum, I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it. So like getting the the, the conversation, getting to the conversation at the table, how do we do that? Like in your mind, in the utopian world that you know, you create all the necessary things that are necessary. <laughs> and that was total redundant, but I'm going to say it anyway. Tell me what that would look like. Utopian space. Eve's world. This is the best case scenario. Please. Uh, I don't know. I don't, that's, a, that's, that's lofty. But what I will say is that I want everybody to acknowledge and understand that if we can recover just a third of the food that is currently being wasted, that we can eliminate hunger. So we're not talking about something small or insignificant. We are talking about ending hunger. And I think, you know, with that information, how could the momentum not continue to build? And so again, it's this model that we have that will move the needle and um, and and can potentially eliminate hunger in our communities. It, so, it, I mean, it's interesting because our mission is to eliminate hunger in our county. And, and the fact is that we can do that, that it isn't yes. a dream, you know? And so recognizing that, um, how could the people who are currently at the table who who don't know a lot about us but how could they ignore us <laughs> if they yeah. if if that's out there and and people understand that um so is yeah so i've dreamed about a seat at that big table where we're talking about funding and we're talking about priorities um and you know and i think that our responsibility is to raise that awareness and educate people about how important this model is. And how willing we are as leaders of other organizations to come to the table and have conversation. Because in this space, if you don't know this, there's a lot of trepidation about sharing best practices or sharing secrets. I'm air quoting. You can't see my air quote little fingers, but I'm air quoting it's not a secret that people are hungry. It's not a secret that we're trying to end hunger. It's not an entitlement that we're asking for. We're asking for you to be willing to talk to us about solutions for your constituency. 
<laughs> at the high school, 22% of the students that are at that school right down the street from you suffer from food insecurity. Children in elementary schools suffer. The teachers are suffering from food insecurity. So the real world deal is that it's happening. You just may not know about it. And my hope is that I'm poking something inside of your spirit to say, let me go find out what's happening in my community. And if more people got involved to know about what was happening in their community related to this work, specifically food recovery and sharing what we receive in donations with those that are in need and suffer from food insecurity, gosh, it would really ignite a different passion in your body. At least I think so. So, you know, I said a lot and I'm, I talk too much, Eve. What comes up for you when I say all that? <laughs> well, uh, one thing is that we need to educate and raise awareness amongst our communities, amongst our public officials, amongst decision makers. But the other equally important thing is that I want to freely share this model with anybody interested. So all of the business about it being proprietary or like, you know, this is mine and we're, this is, we created this, everything we create is built to be shared. And we just want to, we want to get it to the point where it's as good as it can be so that we can give it away. Um, yes. You know, this is, there's no secret, there are no secrets here. And I think that, again, that goes back to the spirit of what we're trying to build in this movement you know, is this isn't about anything except feeding our neighbors and 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 doing better in terms of our wasteful habits. Um, you know, it's just connecting abundance and need, and then it's let everybody let everybody do this. There are no secrets here. Yeah. And, you know, we've got a new app now. We're using an app. We've got different initiatives. I want to push it all out. Um, and it's going to look different based on your community's specific needs and, you know, whatever surplus you have. But there are definitely parts of what we're doing that are replicable and scalable no matter where you go. So I just want to make sure that that's a part of what we're talking about is, you know, especially when you and I talk and when our friends talk, it's let's get this out. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, call me and ask me and I'll give you as much as I've got. <laughs> yeah, And then you exactly. can take it to the next level. That's right. And it's about, for me, why do I want to hold on to something that somebody else could make better? I don't even need the credit. Like give it <laughs> to somebody else. That the person is receiving a meal that needs it for me is enough. This is where, for me, service occurs, and our organizations provide a service to those in need, and, and I'm grateful for that, and I get to do that every day, and, and I'm so, uh, so encouraged by our, our collective, our, our WE, capital W-E, that spirit that's brought into the activities that you and I are involved in. Like, we found people that have common hearts to look at common solutions so that we could help reduce waste and also feed the need. And that's just phenomenal. And, and I think these conversations like this Eve, how could you not, if you're human, how could you not be affected by a need to know more? So that's, that's for me, a call to action on my side. Like my call to action for anybody that's decided to take this time to spend with us is to find out what you can do to help to reduce not only food waste, 
how can you get involved in your community with community organizations that are doing the work that even I are involved in every day? It doesn't necessarily have to be even I. It could be the organization that's close to you. The point for me is the call to action is get involved. And so if you could, Eve, you know, what would you consider to be that call to action for you to those that chose to listen to us today? Probably it would be very similar to your call to action. We're not going to make social change if we don't all lean in. And so hmm. it's, um, it, you know, engage, raise your voice. And and if it's not this issue, whatever your issue is, just don't be shy. It is not a time for whispering and it, it's not a time for being in the background. It's a time for pushing forward. We've got a lot happening right now the world over. And, um, and we need all of our hearts in order to stay above water, I think. And so, so for me, it's also, you know, lean in, learn more, get involved, join us, um, or join, join somebody, but lock arms (laughs) and move it forward. (laughs) Yeah. Right on. And how would someone in your area help to join you in this effort, Eve? How could somebody do that? Sure, so we're, we serve Contra Costa County. So if you live anywhere in Contra Costa County um, and you would like to volunteer with us, you can go on our website, which is www.whiteponyexpress.org. Also, I would say, you know, we obviously are also looking for funding. And so you can go to our website and make a donation. Um, and the, this one is particularly crucial right now. And that is if you're connected to a food producer, if you're a restaurant owner, if you have a caterer that you're friends with, if you work at a grocery store, please make sure that they're working with a food recovery organization. And if you're in Contra Costa County, please call us. We will pick up all of your surplus. We make it super easy. We will be on time, we're efficient, and we make sure that that food goes to the people that need it within 24 hours of pickup. Typically, it is picked up, sorted in our distribution center, and delivered within just a couple of hours. So those are three very specific (laughs) ways that you can lean in in Contra Costa. Right on. And you know, Eve, I, I know that we danced back and forth. When I say danced back and forth, I mean email back and forth to try to figure out the time, the, the right time. And both of us are super crazy busy. But I'm so honored that you could join us today and, and that you could share some of your story. I would encourage those that are listening, don't take my word for it. Get to know Eve, get to know her organization, get to know the work that she and her team does. You know, we can all do this if we, if we rally together. And there's a way to solution if we put the spirit behind us that we're talking about here in this conversation. So I would encourage you to get involved. Eve, I wish you wonderful success. And I thank you again so much for being part of our conversation. Thank you, David. This was such a pleasure. And thank you for hosting these important conversations. We all appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode. I appreciate your time and consideration with all the podcasts that are out there in the ether. I thank you for choosing this one. Remember that if you'd like to be part of the conversation, please contact me directly at david at loavesfishes.org. 
Together, we can accomplish many things. And I hope the conversation that you heard today will help to influence you to be part of said conversation. Take good care. And until next time, be blessed.